You're listening to a Big MX Radio Podcast. Brought to you by Arma Energy. Presented by Fly Racing, W Wheels, Bill's Pipes, Just One Helmets, X-Brand Goggles, Shades of Grey Custom Helmet Painting, Rhino Power Sports Supplements, Roy Borton Suspension, Watts Perfections, and Golden Tire. Simply the best motocross and supercross news from around the globe. And now, here's your host, Brad Gephardt. Welcome to the Arma Energy Drink Big MX Radio Podcast Show brought to you by Fly Racing, X-Brand Goggles, Just One Helmets, Bill's Pipes, W Wheels, Motul, Moto Stuff, Moto Ice Wrap, and Roy Borton Suspension Systems. I'm your host, Brad Gebhardt. With us on the line, we've got the 127 machine on the YP.com Nuclear Blast KTM team, none other than Cole Thompson. How's it going, Cole? Good, good. How are you doing? Hey, not doing too bad whatsoever. Uh, uh, f- nice for me to actually be able to talk to a, fe- a, f- a fellow Canadian uh, rather than, uh, than than breaking down those American accents all the time. But uh, by the by, the voice on the other side of the line, it sounds like you've acclimated yourself. Uh, yeah, no, uh, some people say I sound, um, I guess when I'm down here, they say I sound Canadian or Northern, like Michigan and stuff like that. But uh, no, when I'm talking to people from back home, they say I sound like I'm from america now so i guess uh spending so much time down here and racing you know since i was a kid it's uh kind of worn off a little bit but still a uh, true canadian a little bit of this a little bit of that it's a good mixture and what it what it means or what it's made is that uh, is one fast motocross racer that spent uh the bulk of the last uh four or five years or so uh tearing up the pro classes both north and south of the border uh but this year you find yourself on the west coast for the first time uh having all of your your 250 experience in supercross prior to this on the uh on the east coast tell us a little bit how how you ended up on the west uh, the West just came about with uh, Sling Racing. Uh, they contacted me back in, I want to say, October. And uh, Ryan Clark, I talked to, with him, and he was telling me uh, he's going to help out with uh, the Sling Racing team this year. And we kind of just started putting a deal together with KTM Canada since I'm uh, still under contract with uh, them. That it kind of had to work, that I had to be on KTMs. And right. we uh, negotiated a deal to where I could, you know, bring my equipment and, you know, Sling could help me with, you know, the racing part of it and having a rig set up there and stuff like that. And they've been huge help and everybody on the team, as you know, Chris Elliott, you know, um, Bruce and John Slayton and everyone. So, uh, it's been huge help. Um, I know doing it on my own, I did it for two years on my own supercross and a lot of work goes in just, you know, before you even get to the track. So it was, uh, one of those deals where it helped out, you know, preparing and getting everything ready. And then, uh, like I say, uh, yeah, West Coast was uh, something new for me. I was kind of looking forward to it, um, being that, you know, there's seven rounds straight, and then, uh, you know, you can get back to outdoor testing for the summer. So it was kind of, uh, it kind of fit what I was looking for as far as the program wise. For sure. As far as uh, racing convenience-wise, as far as schedule goes, the West is definitely the uh, the spot you want to be on. Like you said, seven uh, rounds right out of the gate, a little bit of break to uh, get that uh, the, the fitness and the uh, the base for outdoors going as far as uh, a setup for, for your bikes going, because I believe you'll be you'll be back on the 450 uh, outdoors, correct? No, actually this year I'll be doing 250 in Canada. Oh, okay, cool. uh, yeah, no, I'll be 250 this year. Uh, last year yep. I did the 450 and it went well. Um, ended up fourth in the series, uh, ended with, uh, one overall at, uh, Nanaimo, but, uh, overall it was a good year coming back from an injury and stuff like that. It was good to get back to racing. And then, uh, this year I'll be racing the 250 and looking forward to a new class, new bike. Gonna be good. Well, the YP.com nuclear blast KTM team seems to have, uh, really been like the, the perfect fit for you as far as, uh, being able to bring, uh, uh, what you need to the table for you uh, to to for sponsor obligation as well as give you an, uh, a firm standpoint uh, on race day, so that all you have to worry about is is racing. And I've said this a hundred times in these podcasts. You guys are, uh, are are true professionals, but all you really need on race day is to be able to just do your thing, focus on nothing but riding your motorcycle. Would you agree? Yeah, no, I agree. Um, race day is pretty much you know uh, 
I always say it's an easier day from, you know, training and stuff like that. It's uh, three practice sessions and then a heat race and a main event. So, you know, when you break it down, it's not a, not a lot of riding, but uh, definitely quick and high speed. So, um, you know, we usually go out for practice, do a lot of studying and uh, watching other riders as well as myself. And then by the time night show comes around, you know, it's uh, you, you got to get a good start in the heat and get it done real quick and get into the main event. And then uh, the main event is what I've been struggling with this year a little bit. Um, just uh, minor mistakes, you know, crashes and stuff like that. And the field's been really fast, faster than, you know, I ever expected, or I think a lot of people expected in the class this yeah. year. It's uh, been a tough coast, and um, you know, it's it's definitely made me, you know, uh, race harder, I guess you could say. But uh, you know, at the same time, it's like I got uh, my best finish is a ninth at uh, San Diego two, and I mean, I thought by now, you know, round seven, I would be you know near the top five, but you know, just to pull off a ninth was you know a tough race. So definitely. Um, I, I guess I expect it to be tough, but maybe not as tough as it is. So um, it's been a learning year and looking forward to the new challenges. Well, it's a stacked field and we've seen riders uh, like uh, including yourself range in, uh, in results from uh, close to the top five, all the way to the back half of the, uh, of, of the top 20, mainly because um, the, the talent level is there. Everyone's fast. Everyone has the ability to throw down those laps. And once the gate drops for the main event, the bullets are flying immediately. And uh, there's, I don't think anyone has really uh, found themselves uh, completely free, free and clear uh, of the shrapnel because we've seen uh, Zach Oz Osborne get carted off on the first lap. We've seen uh, uh, Joey, Joey Savacci go cartwheeling on the second lap in this most uh, the most recent round. And uh, we've had Christian Craig caught up in it as well. So um, no one's immune to the 250 uh, class woes, but uh, you guys are all twisting it out there and um, putting those uh, the, the Slayton racing bike to the best of your ability. Yeah, yeah, no, I think everyone goes out there and, uh, I mean, every racer gives it their all and, Nowadays, everyone's so uh, close in speed, it comes down to, you know, really the first few corners and getting out out clean and, you know, inside the top five and, you know, being able to lay down a good race. And unfortunately for me, I've just been struggling a bit to get through the first few corners clean to where I'm, you know, inside the top 10, top five area. I've been kind of working through and um, this past weekend, or I guess two weekends ago now in Dallas, I had... uh, you know, just a mishap and, uh, got taken down on lap three and I was in eighth or something at the time. And, you know, by the time I picked my bike up, I was already back to like 15th and, you know, matter of seconds. So it's, um, everyone's so close in speed that it's hard to, you know, make a mistake and then make up the ground. So where did the preparation start for this season? Obviously, you guys uh, are round-the-clock racing and have been for a long period of time as far as your professional career goes. Uh, but uh, when did you know that it was going to be West? When did you know that it was going to be uh, the, the Slayton Racing uh, YP Nuclear uh, Blast KTM team? Um, well, I was racing in Arena Cross uh, in Canada. And then right around the end of that, it was like November. And then by November 15th, like everything was done and signed and I was uh, on my way out to California where I'm, where I'm currently staying right now. And from there I had, um, I think I got out here and just, uh, I actually started riding the first of December. And, uh, from there it was, you know, six weeks or something till the gate drop and did basically, you know, as much riding as I could and as much preparation. But I mean, still, when you get to round one, it, it always seems like it's not enough time. Like you always feel like you, you could use more time or more preparation. I'm sure a lot of people deal with that. And especially, um, you know, we were kind of still in tra- like the team was transferring from Yamaha to KTM. So they didn't have a lot of, I guess you could say parts and, you know, I was struggling with suspension setup and stuff like that. And there wasn't a lot to do in that short amount of time. So for me, round one was actually just get through it kind of thing. And then, uh, start building from there. So I guess it was kind of a little bit rushed this year and I'm sure, um, it would have been a little bit better if, you know, we had more time and stuff like that. But being that, that said, I think with the cards we've dealt, we've, uh, we've done good to make good progress. Um, and then having my teammate, actually, he had to get, um, he had to do the arena cross to get his points, his pro points or whatever, the road to supercross. So he was able to do that. And then I had him come, to San Diego too and he did good as well and um Zach Commons and uh 
then unfortunately in Phoenix he got hurt, so it's back to just me on the team. And I think um, not that there's added pressure, but you know I definitely want to do good for myself and the team. So it was uh, it was frustrating, you know, to finish Dallas uh, in 17th and stuff like that, and then going to this long break with you know that kind of on your mind. But gotta just put it behind you and look forward to the next one. Plus, you want to have friends in the truck. It's a it's a big empty semi if you're the uh, yeah. the only guy under the rig. For sure. No, it's a, it definitely was bummer. Cause I mean, he just got, you know, going and he was starting to put uh, races together. He was riding better and better. And then, uh, yeah, he just, uh, he got crashed into practice, just a freak accident, hit his head and, you know, um, with head, head injuries itself is, you know, dangerous and stuff like that. And then, uh, last year he went through a bad head injury where he's in a coma and stuff. So just to be, see him back riding in general was pretty amazing. And then, um, now he's just, I see him the other day practicing again, and it's uh, he's he's a hard worker, and I, I know he's going to be um, definitely uh, really fast once uh, the series continues here in Santa Clara. Well, the kid's got skills, and I think the two of you guys push each other. Even even on race day, uh, I'm sure you guys uh, um, know what each other's lap times are, and, and everyone, everyone wants to be the big dog under the tent. So uh, a little bit more, uh, not maybe pressure, but just incentive and uh, uh, get you guys to grab grass and growl and uh, put those uh, those laps down. Yeah, no, exactly. And it's uh, it's helpful, too, having him. Like, he practiced with me quite a bit there in December and stuff like that. And uh, he was, you know, when I first got out here, he was, you know, pretty much is smoking me right away. You know, he was comfortable and dialed in and then, uh, it kind of helped me, you know, get up to his speed. And then, uh, from there, you know, when we go to the races and stuff like that, I think he's just, uh, a little nervous still, you know, being that it's his first year and stuff. So he's going to get uh, better as the series goes on. And obviously once he gets to this year and then knowing what he has to do for next year, is going to be that much better for him. Well, how was that for you moving into the pro ranks? Obviously, uh, you did spend a lot of time in the States uh, growing up racing, but uh, a Canadian kid who uh, uh, is um, maybe maybe a little bit more shy than uh, some of the American kids coming into their first race would be. And uh, how does that compare to how you feel now, uh, especially not only coming into with a veteran season, but uh, coming in on on equipment that you know is proven? uh, And like I said, all you got to worry about is going fast. Yeah, no, my first year we did it, um, my mom and my dad and my brother, we just did it out of our motorhome and uh, I was 2012 and I was 18 years old and I thought, you know, let's, uh, let's go pro and, um, it was, it was an eye opener for sure. I actually, it kind of took me by surprise. The first round I ended up getting like ninth, my very first round in the main event. I was just kind of like surprised myself. I didn't expect to do that. So, and then, uh, the following weekend I didn't qualify and then, uh, I mean, it's kind of mixed emotions the first year, I guess you could say, you know, I had both ends of it, you know, I had a great race and then not even making the main event the next weekend. And then, um, I think it, it taught me a lot. And then, uh, you know, I made a few more main events that year and then I got hurt, unfortunately, and then got ready for outdoors and did outdoors on my own in, in the U S you know, just as a Canadian kid and growing up, always watching people like, you know, um, go down there and try, you know, I, I remember like, uh, JSR, um, John Sebastian Wall, who's my team manager now for KTM Canada, he always would see, you'd always see him down racing Carmichael and stuff like that. And I just thought that was like crazy. Like that's gnarly. Like those guys are good. And, um, my first year, yeah, no. And there was a lot of other Canadians to go down yeah. that did a lot of racing and stuff. But, um, yeah, my the first point year, I'm making just, is that there's not enough. Yeah, no, there, there's quite a few. I'm just, I'm just giving examples. I mean, yeah. there's been other Canadians, but not, not, not as many as maybe there should be for sure. But um, for the most part, it was just me wanting to just make it down here and not really thinking about Canada at the time. You know, I just, I grew up racing all these amateur kids that went on to get pro rides and, you know, beat them and was always competitive with them. So I was like, to me, the ultimate goal was to make it down here. So went out and actually got a fill-in ride at the end of the outdoors for um, the star team. And uh, unfortunately actually got hurt the very first race I was on the bike. And then what came back for, you know, the last three rounds and just struggled just with injuries and not being comfortable and stuff like that. But all in all, I got that experience. And from that time on, you know, I kind of still had that goal in mind in 2013. I went, back down and did my own thing with my parents and 
had a phenomenal Supercross season, ended sixth in the series, and then never really got any opportunities to race in the U.S. for outdoors and decided to go to Canada and give it a shot with uh, KTM Canada. And actually, the only reason I got that opportunity was with uh, Colin Fasciati getting injured that year and they needed a fill-in rider. So that's kind of how I got set on racing in Canada for the Outdoor Nationals. And then since then, I've uh, also had a fill-in ride for Rockstar KTM in 2014 where uh, I filled in for Joey Savacci at the time. Boom. Well, you're all over the place. Yeah. Uh, one of the only common yeah. denominators seems to be the orange fender. Uh, but even even that, I think you, you found yourself on a couple of red bikes uh, in, in between. Um, but uh, good on you for always uh, continuously um, working forward and uh, um, not shutting out Canada whatsoever, but also still con- uh, continue to try and compete in the States. Because like you said, you grew up battling and beating and, and contesting with these guys that are getting uh, like uh, high-level rides here uh, down in the States. And um, and, no- and know that Canada is o- always there for you. I find that... Uh, like. Um, not to bag on it, anybody, but I feel like there, there are, there certainly are more guys from Canada that could make a living while racing, uh, uh, like racing both in, in Canada and the and the states. But uh, uh, I guess uh, that's a, that's a whole other bag of worms. Yeah, no, it's uh, for a lot of people too. I mean, uh, growing up in Canada, there isn't you know the atmosphere where there's supercross tracks, you know, everywhere, and you don't have that. Um, growing up where down here, you know, they have facilities with supercross tracks and, you know, always have pros around and stuff like that. So I think it's, it's different in terms of, you know, you grow up in a different atmosphere down here where that's kind of where I've learned a lot of, you know, my ability was riding supercross because actually we have a supercross track on my house just because my older brother's riding supercross. So for me, I've always wanted to do that. And that's why I've, you know, continued to try to do supercross and, for me, it's only made me better as far as a rider. I think, you know, you can you can be a great outdoor rider, but, I mean, it takes a whole other skill to be good, you know, on a supercross track for sure. So, for me, I've always wanted to have both abilities. And with my riding style being super smooth, I think, um, you know, eventually I'd like to be a top guy in the supercross, you know. More than likely, you know, we'll see how a few years goes. But it's just still a goal of mine to be, you know, really competitive and, fighting for podiums you know someday but um definitely just going to keep working hard and taking taking what i can get well we're going to talk a little bit more of that silky smooth riding style of yours as well as uh, uh the fact that uh you, you definitely do sound canadian when you say the word house and outdoor <laughs> uh <laughs> but uh we're gonna hit some commercials here on big mx radio podcast brought to you by bill's pipes yo what up it's the seven news dudes you're on big mx radio get the commercials if there's one item to be picky about, it's choosing the right helmet. I'm Andrew Short, and I choose the F2 Carbon from Fly Racing. You too can wear the exact same helmet I wear, Trey Kennard wears, Jimmy Albertson wears, and many others. The F2 Carbon is a helmet loaded with details that make a huge difference in comfort and safety. Lightweight materials, phenomenal airflow, and a super comfortable sweat-absorbing liner, and generous eye port design to accommodate any goggle choice or just a few. And did I mention how super trick these helmets look? Straight off the shelf and onto the racetrack. If you are looking for one amazing helmet, look no further than the F2 Carbon from Fly Racing. For more information about Fly Helmets and other products from Fly Racing, visit them on the web at flyracing.com. What's wrong, Jeff? I don't know, Jay. Well, you better fuel up with a nutritious breakfast with Oats and Bran. Oats and Bran? I didn't think there was such a thing. That's what I used to think. Now, I start out every morning with a bowl of Amigos. For extreme kids like us. X-Racing Man. But more than bikes, what Big Jeff likes is a fat bull. Amigos with brand. Fat bull. Amigos with brand. Oats for power. Brands for speed. Who that tastes, what a delicious treat. Cereal bees, Emigos. That's what I call fueling for the big ride. Hey kids, start out every morning with a fat bowl. When it comes to helmets, there is just one. The helmet brand, that is. Just One Helmets is tailor-made for motocross and street bike riding, and now available in North America. Who chooses Just One? Well, for starters, 
Tim Geiser, winner of the Italian round in MX2, David Philipparts, Vicky Golden, Trevor Reese, as well as David Pulley. And you know what? So do I. I choose Just One Helmet because they're simply the safest, lightest, and most comfortable lid available. Want to know more about Just One Helmets? Check them out on the web at www.justonehelmets.com. Find out about the J12, the J32, and all of the colorways that are absolutely blow your socks off. So guys, please head over to www.justonehelmets.com today. Go check them out. You won't be disappointed. Two thousand and fourteen X Brand Goggles is back and better than ever. From the Scatterx, Volcano, and Phantom Goggle, X Brand has the product to make you stand out on race day. The quality of X Brand products is second to none. Great lenses, incredible frame, and a strap that doesn't wear out. Great tear-offs, zip-off systems, nose guard, and more. Check out eksbrand.com for all of the accessories and pricing. WUSA is your one-stop shop for quality wheel sets in America. All of the best components built for the toughest conditions. Hit up WUSA.com, that's D-U-B-Y-A-U-S-A.com right now and check out the custom wheel builder selection. Pick your rims, pick your hubs, pick your spokes, even pick your nipples and see what it's going to look like on your bike. On the website, you'll drool over components like XL and DID rims, Talon and Kite aluminum hubs, Galfer and Brembo brakes, and spokes that take a licking and keep on ticking. The same wheels that you buy are built by the same guys we're building wheels for. Ryan Dungey, Jeremy Martin, Chad Reed, and the entire Geico Honda team. And I kid you not, if they are not told whose wheels are whose, they just build amazing product. And I want you guys in a set of W wheels. So do what I did and head to WBYAUSA.com today. WUSA, all things wheels. What's up, guys? It's time to talk a little bit about Roy Borden Race. He's the performance specialist suspension, making a motor work, balancing a bike, or just maintenance. He's got the tools and know-how to make sure that your bike is ready on race day or practice. Roy Borden has strength in years of experience and the best technology and best tools at his disposal. Whether you're getting your forks redone, seals, or a full, full-blown full rebuild on your forks or, or shock, call up Roy Borden today at 204-633-2722. Bill's Pipes, the home of legendary performance. Since 1974, Bill's Pipes has been providing motocross and off-road riders the performance they need. Two-stroke or four-stroke, Bill's Pipes has the exhaust system for you. In recent years, we've seen a resurgence of the Bill's Pipes brand, and that's great news. And that's great news for motocross racers everywhere. For four-strokes, Bill's Pipes brings the RE13 to dominate the fight on any brand. For you two-stroke guys, the MX2 Bill's Pipes exhaust system is the right one for the job and comes in works, nickel, and the all-new cone-look finish that'll turn heads all day long. Head to Bill'sPipes.com right now and get the same pipe used by Billy Lidinovich, Vicky Golden, JMR Suzuki team, Jesse Pierce, Nico Izzy, and David Cole. Bill's Pipes is craftsmanship at its finest. So go with Bill's Pipes and never settle. Yo, this is the Seven Deuce Deuce. If you don't listen to Big MX Radio, then you 
and we're back. Big MX radio, uh, radio podcast show. Still have Cole Thompson in the house, uh, talking here on the, on the podcast. Cole, um, first of all, thanks again for, for, for giving us some time tonight, but, uh, um, where did you develop this this uh, this silky smooth style? You've got uh, the, the ability on the bike to make it look really easy when you're doing something that's not easy, uh, and to me that's very that's very uh, frustrating because when I make uh, when I ride dirt bikes, I make it look really hard. So uh, what uh, what's your secret? Uh, for me, I grew up with um, like I said, four older brothers that kind of all went through the sport of motocross and they gave me their, you know, advice and stuff like that. But for me, it was always, I always grew up on hard packed clay tracks where the only riding style you could have was smooth and throttle control and stuff like that to where, um, at times I think a lot of people think that I don't try or I'm not riding hard enough and think that I'm almost, you know, cruising and stuff like that, where, you know, certain races and stuff like that, you almost, it almost works to my advantage of just being smooth. It's not that I'm not trying. It's just, that's the way I'm riding. Like, you know, deep down I'm giving my all every time I'm on the bike, but I think a lot of people see it as just me being a little too smooth to where I'm like giving up time. But, uh, I think overall it's just, uh, it's kind of the way that you got to grow up riding. Maybe I think it's hard if you grow up and, you know, you ride sand tracks where you can blast berms and stuff like that. And you got to almost have it in you from when you're a kid to, to ride with, you know, just calmness and smooth and, you know, uh, a lot of people say I'm kind of like a like a French rider, um, as far as just being very uh, effortless in terms of you know riding and stuff like that. So I don't know. It's one of those things where I can't change it now. I, I think it's just my style and how I'm going to have to just uh, keep improving with what I have. Fair enough. Are are you at least French Canadian? No, 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 no. I'm uh, actually <laughs> nine nine hours. Um, I guess southeast or southwest of Quebec, so no, not near, not nearly uh, close enough to Quebec. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, uh, um, uh, that the this, that the uh, the French connection, as far as uh, Canada goes, definitely may have uh, uh, um, contributed to your riding style. Um, I definitely connect with the the hard riding conditions, of course. Here in uh, in Manitoba, we've got Red River Gumbo, which turns into uh, rock hard clay once it dries up, and uh, throttle control is, uh, is 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 mandatory. Um, as far as uh, speaking of that riding style of yours, um, do you think that there's any uh, weight to uh, to my argument on uh, these? Uh, riding facilities where kids basically it's a factory of, of motocross uh, riders but their tracks uh, a lot of times are uh, are groomed prepped beautiful deep soil and like you said all these kids do is pin it and uh, when they come to a, a rough slick track uh, it, like in the west coast supercross or at a national when things get uh, right down to the base where it's nice and hard uh, they end up hitting they end up hitting the ground um, and uh, seems to be a common theme there yeah, no, I've, um, actually they have, uh, facilities in Georgia and I've actually stayed at, you know, uh, GPF Georgia practice facility yes. and, uh, they have MTF literally connected right to it. And that's one of the biggest amateur facilities. And, um, for me, like even watching, you know, the kids that trained over there and stuff and I raced, you know, kids like Joey Savacci that trained there and Barsha and stuff like that. And the way their philosophy, like philosophy of training is, is to, hammer and smash the corners as hard as you can and you know for the most part they can you know if you look they can qualify really fast with good times and not saying that they're all bad riders once the race starts but um i think when for instance you go to a canada and you see our nationals and they're dry and you know crusty ruts and stuff like that you got to learn to ride a completely different style and i think um, I wouldn't say that they have a trouble adapting, but I definitely think it's different when you grow up riding alone, like I was saying, in sand and stuff like that, as to riding a clay track that's not groomed. You know, I grew up on our own practice tracks, and even though we have equipment, we wouldn't always groom them. You know, we'd leave them for a month at a time without being touched. And um, I think the only way you could ride it and do 35 minutes without crashing was to be calm and smooth and um that's one of the things that I think helped me, you know, 
when I did come to Canada, I was comfortable right away with our tracks and stuff like that. Like this year on the West coast was the first time I seen any of those tracks. And to be honest with you, I, those were some of the best tracks for me. You know, I got my best results at those tracks just because they're, you know, beat up clay, rocky, overwatered, whatever you want to call it. And I think it just takes a different mentality of riding those tracks rather than, you know, your typical sand or even loam or, sandy clay kind of track that's prepped all the time it's uh it's almost easy it's you know you get you get lazy riding that stuff so yeah for sure fair enough well uh definitely uh put get that answers my question as to how this east coast kid ends up going to uh, nanaimo bc where the soil is similar to what you'd find on the moon and uh and, and goes out there and puts in a, a, a championship style ride yeah, no, it was good. Uh, that was actually one of the rounds that uh, everyone had told me. Like, every year I remember being a kid, they're like, oh, if you go to Nanaimo, that will be, like, the race you win. Like, that's cause just because of my style and stuff like that. Yeah. And, um, I remember going out first practice and just having the biggest smile on my face. Like, it, it was one of those tracks that I just knew. I was like, right away, I was like, this is my track. And the weekend before, I went out and got, like, a sixth and a fifth and – was like over a minute behind the leaders and stuff. And <laughs> people will be like, okay, well, he's going to be a fifth or sixth place guy. I mean, that's, you know, kind of the round one sets the tone and went out right, right away first moto and went right to the front and got the win and Nanaimo and kind of like, all right, well, maybe he's not a fifth or sixth place guy. And then um, the following weekend was, or I should say I finished second, the second moto for the overall that day. But then the following weekend was in Calgary and, Calgary is another track that's clay and I was like all right perfect went out there first moto and got the whole shot and then uh ended up getting third which was still you know a good fight like I was right near the leaders and stuff the whole race and went 3-3 for second overall that day and was just pumped on those two tracks alone I was just like I mean first time I'd been there and already I was like you know right away I was like first second lap I was like this is home to me so and then it switched over to the east um for round five and it was go for dunes and I just didn't didn't feel the same connection. Like my bike setup was a little off, and not being maybe as comfortable on the sand because I I don't have sand where I live. I I struggled for sure the next um, two or three weekends in the sand, and then we went back to the clay. And right away it was Moncton, which is another track that I'm sure a lot of people that are from Canada know. It's like concrete, and uh, also another great weekend for me. I ended up second overall. And, I mean, I guess people will know me as a hard-packed rider, but I'm definitely working to try to switch over to be a better rider in the sand for the most part. No doubt. So if anybody is playing fantasy moto uh, in Canada, if we even have that, I doubt it. Uh, if it's a sand race, uh, may, like unless Cole completely turns his ship around, uh, maybe uh, uh, look for you to struggle in, in a place like Sandalee. Yeah, I know. Are we not going back no more Sandalee. No, they, um, that's what I was just going to say. There's no more Sandalee or Walton. They're, uh, both, uh, been cut off the list, I guess you could say. Oh, for sure. But, uh, let's, 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 uh, refocus back to Supercross a tiny bit here. And, uh, we got two more rounds, uh, of, uh, of Supercross. You got Santa Clara and Vegas. Santa Clara is where you guys are all by yourselves. It's, it's, uh, basically San Francisco, beautiful stadium. And, uh, it, it looks to, uh, again, um, that type of soil play right into your hands as far as, uh, something you're going to be, uh, needing a lot of throttle control for. And then the, the coup de gras of throttle control is Vegas. Um, um, and and that 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 race is uh, is where I think I might just put you right up on top of uh, Cooper Webb on that one because uh, um, <laughs> a, a, if anyone's going to get the knobbies to stick to the uh, to the ground, it's the guy who's literally put in the blue groove on the track, and I think that's going to be you. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Yeah, I would. Uh, I'd say Vegas is. Um, it's been good. I've done. I've done it. Uh, I want to say in 2013, the year that I ended up sixth in the series, and. Um, it was good. Uh, I just, uh, I've raced there as an amateur too for the Monster yeah, Cup. And, uh, for the Monster Cup? Uh, no, uh, at, you got eighth in 2013. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, so I wouldn't say like, um, maybe that year I was a little off, but I remember racing it when I was for the Monster Cup and the Monster Cup's a different race in general, but I remember really liking the dirt for the most part there. It's just, yeah. um, yeah, I mean, it's different, though, when you go and you race these supercrosses. I mean, 
this stuff is a lot gnarlier than you know anything you could imagine so usually vegas is always um pretty gnarly for the most part just because the track's a little bit harder and this stuff doesn't break down as quick as like even like you seen in atlanta last weekend the whoops got so small there and you know broke down and rutted right through them where like on the west coast I noticed that was one of the biggest things. The whoops don't break down. They stay big from first practice on. So it's been a, it's been a learning curve for sure. Usually, you know, on the East, you, you start jumping them, you know, halfway through the main event and that's the line. But on the West, it's been like, you got to, you know, hammer them every lap. So it's been tough. Well, they've been building them big and keeping them big uh, for you guys throughout the like um, throughout the races like, this year more than ever. I think it seems like it's been giving the 250 guys uh, a lot of uh, a lot of fits. Um, but uh, but nevertheless, you've been able to um, use that to your advantage. You're not a super tall guy, but you're tall enough that uh, uh, the back end's not kicking you too much, right? Yeah, no, I'm fortunate enough that uh, I'm a little bit taller than most on the 250, so. It, it does work to my advantage, but uh, I'm not the best at whoops in general. So that's one of one of the things that I've been trying to work on, and I have gotten a lot better this year than I have in the past. And uh, but no, I mean, regardless, when they're big whoops, I mean, I think everybody, whether you're tall, you know, short, whatever, everyone has tough times in the whoops. So it's one of those things where you just you you got to get figured out right away, and um, definitely confidence plays a huge factor. I mean, if you're able to twist the throttle going in and hammer them right from the first whoop you're going to get through them a lot quicker and uh, i think it also helps not dropping into them as deep absolutely and uh you always want to be able to enjoy your ride um when you're when you're out there and uh one of the things that i think it would be uh, a, a great aid to you is that uh motul slacker digital um seg scale how often do you use that for the uh for setting the bike up just before you head out onto the track uh, I've actually been using it quite a bit. Um, for me, it's, uh, it's handy cause not all the time I have somebody with me at the track. And then, uh, I mean, it's just a lot easier just to, uh, you know, hook it on there. And I mean, it's an easy system to use. And then, uh, we use it at the races as well as, you know, um, pretty much every day at the track. Um, especially during testing and stuff like that, when we we're switching shocks and stuff like that, you bolt it on and it's pretty much, simple easy quick fast i mean everything you want for uh sensei i mean a lot of people don't realize how important it is and kind of skip over it and it doesn't give you the best out of your suspension and then uh you know a lot of people just don't have the the people to help them really that's what it comes down to i know for me um sometimes i just don't have anyone it's just easy to just to go on ride rather than set seg so no it's definitely been a, a huge help this season um so like uh, are you are you a picky guy about your bike and if so what uh what are you most picky about and uh what you what do you possibly drive a a mechanic nuts about um i'm probably one of the least pickiest and probably one of the worst things for me because i don't get the best setup i'll uh i'll just take something and just learn how to ride and ride it fast and smooth where a lot of other riders will take their time and pick out what they want changed and I've been working on trying to change stuff and get better at, you know, picking out what, you know, foot pegs and just little things that can overall, overall help you get better. And, uh, this year for supercross and stuff like that, like I was saying, we didn't have a lot of time to do testing, but I knew before we even started testing what I wanted on the bikes. And that's just from years of experience. So I wouldn't say I'm the pickiest, but I definitely know what I want and, you know, know what I need to do, you know, go out there and, be a contender so definitely i have a a list of things that you know i need dialed in and then uh once i get them but for the most part actually i you know i'm i'm just happy to have a good bike under me and you know i'm willing to do whatever i can with the bike that i have so yeah fair enough well now you're you're probably just being picky for the sake of being picky now (laughs) yeah no no it's definitely (laughs) when i was younger though for the most part like you know, like my parents, there's five of us that would go racing. So I didn't have aftermarket parts for the most, most time through the amateur. And then, you know, as I got on eighties and stuff, I started getting little things here and there. And then as I progressed onto big bikes, um, you know, four fifties are fast in general. So I had, there was a stock in a mod class and 
you know, your mod bike would be like, put a pipe on it. So I was never that kind of kid that was like, Oh, I need, you know, this and this and this, like for the most part, we just, you know, would get my suspension done. Cause I was, you know, a little bit, when I was amateur, I was a little bit small and stuff. And that's pretty much all we did. And then, you know, put pipes on and I mean, I'd run stock bars, stock levers, stock grips. Like I just, that was my setup. Like that was perfectly fine with me and I was happy with it. And, and then once you get into the pros, you got to kind of start adding things and, you know, motors and because I mean, everybody is fast. So you need that next little help that you can get from, you know, little things. Definitely agree. I draw the line at stock grips though. Stock grips is a no go. Yeah. No, I'm changing back on, those. <laughs> back on, uh, I think it was like 2009, 2010, uh, the stock Honda grip, the, they're like black grips or whatever. Yeah. They're concrete. I, those were, yeah, those were my favorite grips for some reason. Now, like I have to run like super soft, like uh rental grips and stuff like that. And if I don't, my hands just get just wrecked. So now I, I definitely draw a line to at grips for sure. But uh, back then, I, I think I was just a kid, just happy to ride. So you didn't have too many uh, picky issues. No kidding. Well, uh, uh, at, at least you're not like uh, Zach Osborne, who makes his uh, his mechanic uh, put full waffle grips on on the or half waffle grips on the bike, and then uh, take a utility knife and cut the waffle part off so that he can grip that. <laughs> Yeah, no, I've heard of other people doing that, other riders and stuff having their preference like that. Um, to me, I, I honestly, I couldn't tell you the difference. If, if to me, it actually feel probably weirder, being that it, it'd feel like more like the like you're holding onto the bar than the grip, you know, being that it's a smaller grip surface. No kidding. Uh, so, yeah. who, who's been uh, who's been wrenching on your bikes all, all year uh, if, and and not making those changes for you? <laughs> Well, um, I had uh, uh, Scott, uh, well, Donker's they call good. him Donk. Yeah, Donker's good, but they call him Donk. And, uh, yes. He uh, he helped me out for, um, well, he's working with Vicky Golden on the east, so he was helping me out yes. for the west rounds, and then uh, now he's working on the east. So he's been working on my stuff when we were doing the racing. and then. Uh, Are you telling me your bike now, needs to get worked on right now? Well, now I'm on my back on my own again, just for, um, since I'm back doing outdoors and stuff like that. And, uh, I have a mechanic up in Canada, um, that works on my stuff all summer. So right now it's just me down here working on my stuff till, uh, I go back to Supercross and I'll have somebody help me out there and then, uh, I'll head back home after that. So, yeah. Safe to say, uh, you, you won't probably change a tire between uh, now and when, uh, no, actually, uh gets back actually i'm good at working on bikes um oh, hopefully nice. that was one of the benefits is that my dad didn't have time to work on my stuff and uh he was always busy working and then um if we wanted to go racing and stuff like that it was uh my brothers that had to help me and then uh if they couldn't help me then i had to learn so i, I learned when i was young and that's one thing that people are still blown away like i can i can do pretty much everything as far as maintenance and stuff like that the only thing i can't do is um, like I can get a motor out, everything fine, but I can't, I can't touch the inside of the motor. That's one thing that I, <laughs> I haven't can't learned, do anything so. with it once it's out. No, but like, I mean, <laughs> chains, sprockets, yeah. tires, um, you know, a- anything that's for the most part, the basics to go riding every day and, yeah. you know, week to week, I, that's, that's nothing to me. That's like changing a tire 10 minutes, you know, flip it, get it on. That's, uh, definitely one thing that I've learned just being on my own and having to learn it and not having the, I guess, um, the access to a full-time mechanic all the time. I love it. So, uh, yeah. this, this, this being your, your, your first year with Slayton racing, um, chances that we'll see you, uh, see you back on the bike, uh, the, the same scenario, uh, next year. And, uh, as well as, uh, what's the best part about being on Slayton racing? What, uh, about their package, uh, really makes you feel uh, good about what you're doing? Um, yeah, I don't know as far as next year. Um, I guess it'll be just, uh, one of those things that needs to be put together after I'm done racing this summer and figured out in the off season as far as what the team wants to do and stuff like that. But, uh, no, it's been great so far. They've been, uh, very helpful. And I think the best part about the team is, you know, um, everybody's there, um, 
you know, for you and wants the best for you. You know, they're, they're not there just, you know, to kind of, you know, be there for the show of it. They're, you know, they're the, and they want you to do good and they want to help, you know, if you need anything, it's, it's taken care of. So I think that's been a huge help. And, um, like any team, they want to succeed just as bad as you. So, um, for me, it's been one of those things where it's been a good fit and it's been uh, working and unfortunately may not have gotten the results I've wanted, but, uh, you know, that's just part of racing. I think, uh, you're going to have years that are a little tougher than others and it just makes you, uh, you know, keep working until you get your goal, I guess. Fair enough. Well, uh, before I let you go, I need to get two stories from you. A, your best Ryan Miller story. B, your best uh, Ryan the Newf Lockhart story. And uh, confirm or deny whether or not you'll be running a uh, Atlas Brace once uh, the the races go back north. Um. Well, for Ryan Miller, uh, he I grew up racing him on eighty fives, and I don't have too many stories. I know um, he's a goon. <laughs> He, um, yeah, he would, he would be down racing the amateur nationals a little bit when I was there, but for the most part, Ryan and I, we just, we'd always see each other and I talked to him, but I mean, never really hung out with him. And then for, as far as Newt goes, he was always, I mean, quite a bit older than me, but I always knew him from my brother's racing pro and stuff like that. And then, uh, this past year he helped me with, um, the Atlas brace and stuff like that. And then, uh, yeah, I made the decision at the end of, uh, last year, um, when I was supposed to renew with them that, uh, I was just going to go and, uh, stop running. It's just a preference for me, just, uh, riding supercross. I had a, a little bit difficulty with it just being not as comfortable as I'd like it to be on my, not that the brace is bad or anything. It's just that it wasn't working for me. And one of those things where I was like, uh, I've just, I'm going to go back to just kind of running my own, my own thing. I did yeah. a couple of years ago, I ran Liat and I had to do the same thing. So, it's nothing against the braces. It's just preference, really. It's, um, you know, I feel more comfortable without totally. it. And it's one of those things that um, some people ride with it and they have no problems. And then other people ride with it and it just bothers them. So for me, I felt more comfortable with it and without it. And uh, this summer I'll be running without it. And um, like I told Ryan, I was like, there's nothing wrong with the brace in general. It's just preference. You know, every rider's different. It's like Ryan Dungey and, Stewart and those guys, why they don't run it, you know, compared to yeah, a guy exactly. like Anderson, you know. So yeah, I've proven that you you can win when you can win with it, you can win without it. Yeah. Uh, it regardless, it's it's total preference. Some guys, Kevin Windham never wore knee braces. The guy wore knee guards his entire <laughs> pro career. Go figure. Uh, yeah, I, I totally get that. Actually, Cooper, the only time, go ahead. Cooper Cooper Webb actually, that's what he does. He doesn't wear knee or he wears knee pads like kids knee pads you should see them they're this they look like little owl pads they're so small that's, that's what his we got uh, a local we got a local pro he does the exact same thing he doesn't even wear knee pads he just has <laughs> like first of all his pants look hilarious on his pant his legs because they're made to accommodate a knee brace or some form of knee guard he's got nothing there and uh that blows my mind to think that uh cooper webb uh doesn't yeah, wear any type of brace but that's only because i've torn my mcl <laughs> Yeah, no, that's the same for me. I grew up um, till um, till I did my ACL. That's and then after that, I did that in 2014. And then I'm like, I gotta get knee braces. The first thing I was after I got knee surgery, I'm like, I'm going to get knee braces. And fortunately for me, I got a sponsorship with CTI, and, and I got two sets of them. So and I cannot like everyone told me as soon as you wear them, you can't go without them. And it's the truth, honestly. Now I just even just ride my bike around, you know, just in shorts and stuff like that. And you stand up, you feel like your knees are going to buckle. So it's definitely that um, peace of mind having knee braces. Oh yeah. Well, uh, you got a sponsor, but I'm from Canada. So I got mine for the same price. Ha. Yeah. Yeah, no, for <laughs> sure. No, they're good. And the CTI guys are, are a really good bunch of people. And, uh, like I've had, I've had, um, you know, at the races and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, had, uh, Brian Coster helps, you know, during the races and stuff like that up in Canada and literally like, you know, after practice something, I'll get him to come over and he'll fix them up or something. If something, or if I'm having an issue or whatever. So really good people to work with. Fair enough. Well, uh, yeah. um, 
Really love to see out there, man. You're always looking sick in that the fox riding gear. Honestly, that is that to me is the the aspiring brand. If you want to ride any gear combo out there, like there's there's some really good looking uh, gear out there. Uh, but Fox always has uh, some hits out there, and uh, you're you're one of the few that uh, that get to run in the the 250 class. Pretty cool. Yeah, no, very fortunate, and uh, at, even Anaheim one, they had that limited edition gear, and yeah. was able to run that in one yeah. of the few. Dungy, I mean, Roxon, only... and you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it was, <laughs> it was pretty cool, and then uh, it was kind of a weird deal that my team's actually in transition with switching gear companies in uh, KTM Canada, and when I did my deal, part of my contract um, I did was with Fox, and uh, they they wanted to help me just because, you know, uh, they're good supporters and I think yeah. uh, being one of their athletes they just support anything you do so I talked to them back um, in November and they're like yeah everything's good and then right before Anaheim I found out my team from back home in Canada KTM Canada they're not uh, with Fox anymore and I was like kind of caught between I guess you could say a transition but fortunately uh, Fox still wanted to help me and you know Round one came around, and I, I got a box delivered of, you know, all my Anaheim one gear, and every round from then I had, you know, brand new stuff, brand new helmets, boots, whatever I needed, and a company like that, you can't, you can't c- come across, you know, it's uh, pretty fortunate that Fox Canada was uh, able to step up like that and still help me, and uh, Jason Moore, he put in endless hours, you know, doing jerseys and sending stuff back and forth, and can't thank him enough for sure and everybody at fox canada well all i have to say is lucky but yeah. uh um love to have you on the show man great guest uh good conversation um please please welcome to come on the show anytime but uh before i let you go uh let us know who who those sponsors are that help you out uh, uh on the the y the yp.com nuclear blast ktm team okay um just so I don't leave anybody out, I want to make sure I have everybody here. Uh, yeah, um, YT Yellow Pages, and then uh, Nuclear Blast, Fox Canada, uh, Slate Racing, KTM Canada, FMS, Factory Connection, Suspension, uh, Justified Cultures, Dunlop Tires, Recluse Clutches, um, Moto X Graphics, uh, Intex USA, W Wheels. Acurbies, Renta, um, Works Connection, Matrix Concepts, TMD Designs, uh, VP Racing Fuels, Motul MX, and Guts Racing. There you go. Are you you in your garage right now walking around your bike? No, no. uh, I just (laughs) made sure I had everyone ready for just situations like that. I made sure that everybody give a good thanks to and you know, everyone that puts into the team definitely deserves uh, a huge appreciation for everything they do. That's oh, awesome, man. Well, uh, like I said, really appreciate you coming on the show. Don't hang up just yet. For podcast sake, we'll cut it off right there. All right. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Big MX Podcast, brought to you by X-Brand Goggles. Be sure to check out our archive for episodes you may have missed. Check out our website at BigMXRadio.com for more content. guys this is seven dudes dudes if you haven't got the hills yet go to itunes right now type in the hill no that's that's not gonna work because it's probably gonna come up the weekend just uh just type in seven dudes and also you'll find it time to hit the hills